This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Nice weedy spot. How come we didn't set up over there? Near? Um, because that rickety rickshaw was fucking falling apart. Oh. Definitely got to do some reinforcements. That edge there. We record? Like, yeah, of course. Oh, you know All right. I just hit record. We're out here in a field again. This time we're actually hunting and recording and not recording on the drive to the hunt. So we'll see how this goes. This is beautiful. You know why? It's warm. It's really warm. It's really good early season hunting in November. I love it. You know what sucks? Hunting in the cold. I don't know. I don't really care for sweating very much. I don't care for shivering. Not a big fan. I I've never wanted to go to the truck because of my sweat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm all sweaty. I got to go to the truck and dry off. <laughs> I got to go cool off in the truck. But ever since I got that hypothermia, man, my fingers are just fucked up. In Michigan uh, last, last weekend, too, I was putting them down my pants quite a bit. And only half the time because they were cold. But <laughs> Yeah, so let's get the, let's get your uh, your Michigan adventure. Um, you know what we never... I don't think we recapped your illusion thing. We're not gonna either. Oh, we're mm, just <laughs> keeping that under wraps, I guess. We went dark for that one. I guess. Uh, wait for the the premiere release of the 
world acclaimed documentary. Is that what's, what's going on? No, the world's never going to see that. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it either went really, really horrible or really awesome. I think it went really awesome, but okay. <laughs> All right, I guess we're not talking about that. All right, well, and then there's Michigan. <laughs> Michigan was cool, man. It was really cool. They had some cool uh, terrain out there. Like, um, let me pull up my map, see where I was. I was in Midland is where I was staying, basing out of, but... I mean, we did a nice tour of the whole kind of east side of that bottom part of the mitten, is it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have some awesome goose habitat there, So man. you were, like, from Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, be? that had awesome goose habitat all over the place. Grass like you wouldn't believe. Um, every ditch just filled with it. Yeah. Like a gold mine. and <laughs> a gold mine. Um, every field, too, was kind of like that new... Uh, uh, that like light tilling they do they don't like plow the shit over oh sure and so there's just like neon green fields and lightly plowed fields and the no-till stuff pretty yeah, much lots of cover crops and uh like i mean you could run traffic anywhere in that state hmm. yeah it was cool how are the goose hunt deer numbers out there um is it as crazy as here no and they're not too bad should we find out sure why not but um Got the google box in your hand it uh, it was a really good time. I was doing some product development with a company, and that went really well. Um, a couple of my head and another guy's head came together and came up with some pretty sweet ideas. I'm excited about it. Sweet. And uh, went out hunting. The weather wasn't that favorable, so the first morning we set up cold and clear. About the time the last decoy got in the ground, I said, "Let's go make pancakes now." <laughs> I haven't been skunked in two years. I'm like, you're getting you're getting skunked this morning, dude. <laughs> we're we're out of here. That's kind of what happened to me. I hunted with some of uh, the guys from Premier Flight, and I, again, I'd been fishing. I was fishing the night before, and the that instance, the birds flew really early. They flew out like 3:30, and they, I never heard them come back. And we fished till dark a little bit after. So they fed. They they left early and fed late, and it was going to be cold and clear the next day i was like well i'm going hunting to go hunting and i did a podcast with the boys so i mean it wasn't a total loss but yeah we didn't uh we didn't do too well we think we shot a bird shot one goose and one wood duck oh well, that's not, not we a did, waste of time we I did guess. see some oh it's never a waste of time but no. we uh we did see some birds flying around they're kind of every direction but they had no sense of urgency uh we had the one flock that we were able to kind of give us a look, and that was that was it. So Michigan has thirty-three thousand six hundred goose hunters, compared to Minnesota, fifty thousand. So well, that's about two thirds. Is yeah, that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's still quite a bit, but there's a lot of room for them to spread out, though. Too, they're not like concentrated in areas like you see down south. And yeah. I mean, we kind of have that in Minnesota too. All the lakes and all the habitat we have, they kind of the birds kind of. I'll scatter around. I would think their season would go a little bit later because, I mean, they can get cold like Minnesota, but they don't. They get more snow than they get brutal cold. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. They got that moist air, too, from the lakes, I feel like. Moist. A moist, cold. It's pretty cold. Yeah. Well, it's like down they south. Get that lake effect snow, so. Yep. We get that moisture and that little bite in the wind. Damn. Some oh, 35 yeah. degrees will be like, oh, it'll be pretty <laughs> nice out today. Two hours later, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> Go Going back to my warm hunting. So that's the the purpose of the Michigan trip was R and D, and you threw in a a hunt. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's cool. Yep. And um, uh, what have you been up to like the last week? 
Uh, duck hunting. Haven't really goose hunted much. Uh, well, wait. When did I do a goose hunt? When did we do a goose hunt that didn't really pan out? I think that might have been two weekends ago. Yeah, so we were on a an X, an X field. Um, shitty hide, though. There was really no good place. Silage? Uh, no. I think it was combine corn. Pretty sure. Might have been silage. I don't remember now. It was kind of weird. It had the corn, and then there was a green strip of alfalfa, clover, whatever, and then big bean field. And they, they flew out, and they went to the beans and just stood there. Like they were standing on ice? Yeah. They didn't eat. They just chill spot. Yeah. And they sat there for a while and then left. And we decided to hunt all day to get get the feed, and maybe they'll, because when they scouted it, um, you know, they were coming right to the cornfield where we were at. No, there's a, actually there's a ton of waste grain in that field. Like, a ton. Baited. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know how they determine what, what regular normal field practices, but there was mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. So, and there was these little, like, black kernels. Oh, man, I love how many crimes you've admitted to what in is this that? podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're ignorant. I didn't. I have no idea what's going on. I just was like, man, there's a lot of grain in this field. Uh, I didn't say where it was, so got no proof. Um, Burns on the state. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Anyways, they were just, like, super acting super sketchy. Like, like they were super super heavy pressured birds or something, and, like, they were stale birds, but they shouldn't be with the weather. I know we got picked up new birds, and there was a lot of them. I know it was weird. We we changed our high position like three times. We finally butted up against some big. There's like a, a stack of big round bales like in a line, and we just kind of posted up in front of those to kind of help break us up a little bit. Um, personally, I think you ran way too many decoys. That can happen. Uh, just because it was if it was already an X, what, what do we need? Fifteen dozen dive bombs and. You gotta be a little bit too gentle with those silhouettes too, if you if you don't need to have them all. We had them shit stacked tight, because um, that's where they, they were trying to mimic the. I didn't scout the field, so I was like, I was, I'm along for the ride. This is your guys' hunt. I'm here. I'm here to to help out how you want to set it up. And so they said the birds were stacked in there really tight, so they stacked the decoys in really tight. And I just kept thinking, man, I'd I'd rather keep the skinnies in the bag and just put out. Um, the avians and make it look as real as possible. Yeah, just always hunt to the situation that it is right now. Like, fuck what the birds did yesterday, man. Like, what would you do if you were a bird right now? You know, like, let's do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I get the theory too. It makes sense. Like, set up what you saw the day before, and, and there was a shit ton of birds in there, packed tight. So, so run it. But boy, they would hit. They would hit the edge of the decoys, and they would snow goose straight up. Oh, all right. Yeah, they sensed a predator. Something. They you know were, how they say they, like they um, weren't really flaring per se, but they were like, Vroom. you know, like the, the people say like if it's if they slide if they slide it's your decoys, if they flare it's your hide. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Yeah. I think like the reason they did either or is because they sensed a predator in that field and they just sensed it like really early and they slide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they had like an oh shit predator moment. Yeah. Like, oh my God, there's fucking predator right there. Well, it seemed to be the decoys because then we started just, you know, in between flocks, we would run out and grab big handfuls and push them further away from the hide and just stack them and just get rid of them. 
Oh, and really? And so we just kept bringing that line closer and closer to where we're hiding, and then so we were starting to get shots then because they wouldn't do the elevator thing till they got to the edge of the decoys. So it was definitely the decoys that was making them elevator up. And also, there's more than one way to sense a predator. Like, I mean... I hunted these birds like in 2013 for so long that they'd come off the roost and see my spread from like a half mile away and turn around. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. So, I mean, sometimes just the presentation itself can be an indication of a predator nearby. I mean, they definitely know the difference between a decoy and a live bird in that they don't hesitate to land with live birds. Like the morning of when they went to that um, soybean field, Every bird just sucked right into them. And even, the, even we had a flock shortest big time in the evening, and then subsequent flocks beeline straight to those live birds. So I heard something on the Ducks Unlimited podcast that kind of, like, bugged me. <laughs> there, well, nothing didn't bug me. I was just like, well, that's wrong, I feel like, because um, here we are. We're in a big warm-up right now in Minnesota. Like, it's 75 today, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, but we went through like six days recently where it did not get above freezing and it was down in like the single digits several mornings. Yeah. And, um, so everything's melting and they, they were saying on the DU podcast, they're like, you know, when it gets cold, these birds gotta, they gotta eat more food so they can generate heat and blah, 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 blah. They need more calories. So they're going to be forced to go feed. I'm like what? No. The most least active you ever see a goose is when it gets insanely cold and clear. They don't need food for shit. What, so they can blink seven times a day and not do anything else? Yeah, they, they eat, conserve when it's really cold. They go feed for like seven minutes. They eat a handful of whatever they can chisel out of the ground and then go back and they're fine for a whole another 23 hours and 30 minutes, you know? Yeah, that's when they're doing the one-a-day feeds. Right at sunset. Yeah, like, they sit at, yeah, they sit on the water all day. They don't need food when they do that. Like, I think they're more active. Personally, I think they're more active, like, when it gets warmer outside. Because then you see them, like, going out in the morning. They're at the mall at noon. They're, you know, <laughs> then they're at a loaf. They're at a, they're at a feed in the afternoon, uh, for the afternoon feed. Guys up for an Orange Julius? Let's go to the mall. Yeah, they just, it's, they're just like people in a weird way. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, they just talk, they just hunker down and just sit there on the ice when it's super cold and, like where did these like is this just all like it's too textbooky in a way you know i don't know i probably said that before no i think we definitely fall into those traps you know it's it's interesting like i've been i've been feeling the need like myself well i know i should be like writing more blogging more for my company and get the name out there and stuff and um i have a hard time finding something to write about and i think when when your job is a outdoor writer whether it's a hunting or whatever, fishing or whatever it is, the pressure to write something is on. So you write articles like, you know, what we grew up with, the J-hook, the U-pattern, hunt like this, make this decoy spread like this for these things, and then everybody who reads those or watches that show or does the whatever, that just gets hardwired and printed on their brains. So when they take the field, they're like, I read about this. This is what you're supposed to do. When I just don't think there's any hard and fast rules for this game. And no. the, the geese make fools out of you more times than not, it seems. So. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ducks. Lots of ducks. Shoot. I got a spinner in the truck. Wait, where's ducks? How do you not see all those ducks? Oh, shit. Dude. Holy shit. Dude, uh, you should maybe go grab that spinner. I, I did not see ducks yesterday. More ducks. 
Um, yeah, spinner time. Oh, man, you're going to make me hike back to my truck? Uh, I yeah. don't know. That is, if you want to shoot <laughs> one of these things, then probably. Okay. keep talking. All righty. Well now the pressure's on. Yeah, I, I want to see how well you do by yourself. Oh, should we talk more about warm weather? Man, well, I've been looking into lately, uh, going down to the Cibola National Wildlife Refuge. They've got a, like a honker pit program there, and uh, I've been kind of just seeing how far south can I get to shoot a damn goose. Like Mexico? Um, I've been finding out, too, through some research about how many snow geese, Ross geese, and uh, special bellies go down to Mexico in the highlands. Um, and it's a lot. So I'm trying to think, like, one day I want to go down there and I want to shoot a big old stack, just pay off a Mexican drug lord, bring him some Wisconsin cheese curds, an envelope full of cash, go watch, and just tell me, Senor, you have permission for everything. Not have to bring guns. He'd have the guns for me, I'm assuming. Oh, more ducks. He's got to hurry up. Shit. Yeah, I didn't see any ducks here last night scouting. But, uh, yeah, he was just saying that, uh, he was shooting boss ammo and he wasn't getting good patterns out of it. I said, how'd you pattern it? He said, uh, shooting birds on the water, which I guess gives you a feel. One thing you got to keep in mind with those bismuth and those premium alloys, if it's 20% heavier than steel, you're losing 20% of your pellets out of it. And I think they might have had a little bit of that effect going on. Okay, so today we got a decoy spread I'm having a lot of success with too lately. I got 16 decoys out here. I got 16 Dave Smith Giants. Um, I'm working with pretty much a crosswind. It's coming from my left side. Just gently, kind of not perfect crosswind. It's still a little at my back, but just by about 5 or 10 degrees. And I put the spread kind of on the left side. And I'd say the closest decoy to me is 20 yards. And the furthest is like 35. They're just kind of lined up in that shooting distance. And <clears throat> when they when I've been getting birds setting up on this, they've been um, like hooking it, seeing it uh, coming from the right side. And they seem to just have no kind of clue I'm here. And... Yeah, the shots are about 30, 35 yards, but they are just all completely back flapping. And they'll do a little twist on their way in, because um, they're pretty much coming from your hard right. And when you shoot, a lot of times, if they make it past you on your left side, um, you're basically shooting from behind them, or slightly behind them. And I've had several times now where the flock will continue landing when you shoot your first shell, because you got the crosswind taking the sound away from them. Um, you're shooting from their backside. They don't see you pop up at all. And uh, it's been a pretty deadly little spread. And also, it doesn't take much work to set out 16 decoys. And I've been digging on that lately. I mean, if you're going to just go hunting, just to hunt, see what happens, make it easy. Make it easy on yourself. Oh, at the end of the day, when you shoot nothing, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. 
Watch, this is when we um, don't see another duck the rest of the evening. One flock of mallards, make them run back to the truck. Of course, we'll, get in, we'll see nothing the rest of the night. It's like, just kidding. What, no spinner? I brought him in the house to charge, and then forgot. Do I have a spinner in my truck? It's just apparently I just wanted to get my steps in. Such a that's such a Dale move right there. Fuck, that's a like, move, dude. I almost always have like four seasons worth of hunting and/or fishing equipment of of random shit in my truck at any given time, and that bag has been in there pretty much all season long. But like, oh, I should bring those in and charge them up. Dude, still, I don't have still sitting in my there. Son of a I don't have a duck call on my lanyard. Yeah, and uh, my call lanyard's also another Dale move because I was planning on duck hunting. Sunday, so I just left it in the boat, my shell box with my calls and everything, and then I ended up shooting a, a deer Saturday night that I had to go search for the next day. So I didn't hunt. So that's where that equipment is. So I was just kind of rambling on about this spread. I've been having, having really good luck with it. Have you ever set up like this, like like a crosswind, but it's kind of just still out of her, out of on her back, which is yeah, from the a left quartering. Sure. I think more. usually. And maybe it's a mistake. I think I usually try to run like with the rows whenever possible. But I don't know how much it, how much it matters. I don't either. This would be a good place for a drone. Well, I took a lap around the field and I could see like this hillside kind of would profile the decoys from almost any direction. That's kind of why I picked this You should this have hill. taken account the shadow. We could be in the shadows. I totally fucking did take into account <laughs> that shadow. I didn't want to be in the shadows. <laughs> I want those decoys to pop. Well, no, I mean, we would be in the shadows and put the decoys in where in the sun. Yeah, but then they'd be profiled on that hill. Yeah. And the geese were over there. True. I kind of wanted to get, and like... you would have had to run your rickshaw even further. Yeah, what's up with that thing? You know, we're talking about uh, potential... Uh, episodes and doing like just highlighting a state oh yeah dude. um so talk about michigan how how, how are the rules similar so what's different what's this what's similar what's different so i like to just read all the rules when I'm, before i'm about to hunt a state a new state or just in my spare time because it's kind of interesting but um michigan has a weird fucking rule um you're not allowed to hunt with two guns huh huh weird that is weird and you see Foyles doing that all the time back in his videos. There ain't nothing. I've never seen anybody. You can't two-arm ramble geese in Michigan, huh? No. And I mean, like. Damn. I know he would do it, like, up in Canada for, um. Would he just have one loaded with, like, duck shot and one loaded up for geese? There's, that some, of that, the there's some of that going on. And then there's just having six shots up okay. on you, you know. Because sure. why not? You, you don't, if, especially on those fast, furious hunts, you don't have to continually reload. Yeah, load up, cover up. You can just cover up. You just cover up. Grab that backup gun and. Get ready for the next group. Um, but that was a weird rule. Huh. And also, um, here's another weird gun rule in Ontario. You can't uncase your gun for like until like 30 minutes before legal shooting time or an hour or something like that. Hmm. So I hunted with these dudes out there, and they said, uh, last year we got a ticket hunting this same field. And I was like, ticket? What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, we were setting up, and the conservation officer came out. I was like, you were setting up? What do you mean? He came out and checked us before the hunt, and then ticketed all all of us for having guns in the blinds unloaded. I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh wow, dude! Just weird laws are just every state has them. 
there's a few of them like floating around in there. Like the Minnesota's got that 4 p.m. closure. Yeah. Well, f- don't don't burn up all the states in one podcast, Nick. Jeez, please. Well, <laughs> we were talking about just um, if it, I don't know if people would be interested in it or not. I'm not sure, but um, just sit down and like go through a state's regs and just be like, oh, here's something weird. Oh, I think it's interesting. Somebody just got a ticket. I think this was a county rule though. When they went to go get a uh, chase a cripple, they didn't case their gun. So. What? I think state law or oh, fed where you have in to. In a boat. In a boat. In a boat. Yeah. That might be a fed law. Sounds like, yeah. Well, anyways, they got ticketed for it. It's Holy like, shit. What well, it's like, wait, really? I have to unload it, case it while chasing a cripple. Wait you till do. the boat comes to a complete stop mm-hmm. or it's at least no longer propelled by the engine. I mean, the wind could still be pushing you if you have to be going with the wind. Then take your gun out of the case, then load it. And then by that time, the damn thing is swam off another hundred yards you got to put it back in the case like i feel like that's a stupid law it is like in the event of i think there needs to be an amendment like unless retrieving a crippled bird retrieving a bird or whatever you know because like you're doing the game a disservice by not effectively pursuing it doing the game a disservice by crippling it in the first place dale well that's why you should use more boss (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my bots experiment's not going so great. We'll see. I need to actually pattern on paper and see if it's more than just anecdotal. But patterning on the water, speaking of cripple shots, um, haven't been that impressed. So there goes my boss sponsorship. But it is what it I is. Shot, I shot mean, um, my first boss this last weekend in Michigan. Dude had, I didn't bring a gun with me this time, although I love bringing a gun through the airport and <laughs> treat you like a wheelchair person or something. But. <laughs> Right to the front of the line with your gun, sir. You're right. You're damn right. <laughs> and uh, you're damn right. You so he borrowed me his uh, Super X3 and uh, some 12 gauge, two and three quarter, four shot or five shot. And I shot my limit that night. And I think every goose I shot was right in the 40, 45 ish type of range. Um, we had a pretty large uh, spread set out, so the first one was kind of just backpedaling. And so I let him land, and I bow. I shot him right there. Right after his feet touched the ground, the way I like to do it. And then the last two geese for my limit. I didn't shoot any more geese, and they're all going, Nick J, you going to shoot your fucking birds? I'm like, I don't know if I see a cool one. What's uh, the limit out there? Three. Three. And um, they're like, well, I mean, everybody else is limited, man. I mean, we're kind of getting to a sunset. <laughs> waiting on you, bud. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I'm waiting on these you know, other flocks that are working us here. And uh, eventually, the, I was like, you know what? All right, I'll just I'm being a little bit of a dick. I'll just shoot these two here. Bang, bang. And that first one fell down. It had a five-year-old band from <laughs> James Bay. Huge fucking male. Just That's a, nice. Just softball-headed shoulders on it. Kind of like those Duluth geese. You know what? I have a correction I need to add too from one of our previous More podcasts. Ducks. Fuck. If only we had spinners. Really? Well, I know somebody who's going to have five of them in this field tomorrow. <laughs> wonder where they're going. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Get under them. Go find out. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> scout. <laughs> Except in a computer screen. There you go. <laughs> That's like a 50-pack of ducks right there. Dang. Yeah, least, yeah there's Dang. whatever. Yep. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, huh? Dude, my binocs aren't on my body right now, too. I, I just thought I... of that. Now those I do have in my truck, but I am not going back again. <sighs> They're not that important. Yeah, I don't know. I love hunting with binocs, man. I like, do too, but I can't stop doing it now. Like 
just like, is that a seagull 17 are, miles away? And mine are giant, too. They're like nautical ones. They're not like... I got to protect them better. You ever... Do you know anything about those, um, like, chest thingies that, mm-hmm. uh, that like, um... Deer hunters? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a Do they work harness. good? Yeah, they Would work, it work good they for work waterfall great. hunting? Sure. Okay, I got to look into one of those. Here's a correction They're I need to cheap. add, though, too. Um, on a previous podcast, we were talking about little geese and how I had said that, you know, I mean, <clears throat> where like, do the molts go? Because uh, big geese, they don't breed till they're about three, and all the molts go up to Canada, party, spring break style up there all summer <laughs> long, and... Uh, then we catch them on their way back when they're going back to their hometown to eat some of that old local f- foods. And I was like, well, what about the little geese? Where do they molt to? Like, if you're an Arctic nesting goose and you don't breed, where do you go? And I said, I have, I, I was very confident when I said it that they don't breed till they're like five. So it was bugging me and bugging me. And I just started Googling it for about 30 seconds. And uh, no, they breed at year one. There's, oh, wow. There's like snow goose studies that was doing like, how many eggs in a clutch? How uh, how much do the eggs weigh? Like um, based on body weight, age, and so they were doing like first year females, second year females. So I guess all of them do breed on year one. And I remember exactly where I got that bit of wrong information, <laughs> and I'm going to share it right now. And that was in a trivia that Scott Trinan was doing <gasps> in between rounds at a Burlington. Iowa goose calling contest, you know, like in with, we're just burning time, maybe doing some raffle drawings. Scott's doing some trivia, throwing out some DVDs. And he said that about the little geese. They don't breed till they're five and it's stuck in my brain. And it throws into question every bit of trivia I've ever heard him say. <laughs> Here's another, like, so wait, hold on now. So is that like, like the mid Atlantic Little like what? What little geese are you referring to? Like, do they all? Do the Aleutians breed at one? Do the? Yes, at one. Yeah, yep. Small-bodied birds. Like snows. Snows don't breed at one, do they? Yep. Really? We when they're all jubied up, they're they're banging. They're banging. Land clutches apparently, because it it did uh it did kind of confuse me. Like, all right, yeah, where the fuck do you go if you're an Arctic goose? I was looking at um some of the GPS data. Um, the cell phone tracker GPSs, they do not transmit their data unless they are in range of a cell phone tower. So you can get like up to the moment data as long as they're with, uh, you know, in 3G. But all summer long, it just stores in their collar and they don't transmit anything until they get back onto the Saskatchewan prairies. And I was looking at some of those GPS data loggers. Um, and there's not much out there available to the public. So I'm internet dating one of these chicks at the USGS, and she hooks me up. And uh, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> internet dating, I caught it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, You're a dude, newly married man. I didn't want to get you in trouble. No, no, I'm just fucking. <laughs> but um, they uh, those fucking snow geese are migrating all over the Arctic all summer long. Like, I took a, uh, I put it on Google Earth. And I took the most furthest west to the most furthest east point that this goose was at. 750 miles. That's not a little ways. That's a long ways. Are those pidge? Where? They're probably ducks. Right there. Which way? Right over the trees. Oh, those are mallards for sure, Okay, dude. I just saw something get up over by the low, though, by the uh, buildings over there. Well, and if you had your binoculars, you'd know those are mallards. Those are definitely mallards. Yes, they are. Do you think we would have our mallard limit by now? I don't know. It'd be a good test of how good spinners work and or don't work. They work. These ones are coming right the fuck at us now. Yeah, they are. 
get to do some banging. Do you have a duck call? I don't. Me neither. <laughs> they will bomb like goose decoys oh, once yeah. in a while, but um, honk at them. Yeah, why not? Just make it sound like a refuge down here. <laughs> that calls out of tune. <laughs> Imagine that they don't react to it. <laughs> yeah, well, they're mallards. They did just do a big U-turn though. They went, they were yeah. flying east, and all they went back west. Yeah, that's west. Oh, I mean west and then east. <laughs> um, good job, Magellan. Uh, interesting. How far after sunset do you want to take this hunt? I'm thinking. <laughs> like... <laughs> I've already admitted to too many crimes in this podcast that you've pointed out. Ah, uh, man. Made a shit ton of um, goose jerky. Well, I, it's curing right now. Yeah. Oh, man. Like uh, 15 pounds. Nice. Love yeah. goose jerky so oh, much. It makes the best jerky. Why is that? Is it because it's um you don't have to overcook it? Like It's kind of like a rare jerky, I feel like. So. When you do it right, yeah, it's still a little bit pink inside. So there's ne- it's so lean that you are able to do a rare jerky with it. Like I think with beef or something, it's got so much fat in there, you almost are forced to kind of... Tree bark the shit, yeah. yeah. Where goose kind of allows you to just, it dries out so quick, it almost dries faster than it cooks or something. I don't know. It's yeah, the, I don't know. It's but the it, best. It makes, yeah. So I'm gonna, when it's done, it's gonna take a few rounds and dehydrate. I only have a five five rack, so I don't know how much that does at a time. But it ain't 15 pounds. I can tell you that. No, no. So it's gonna are you th- grinding it and using no, the squirt gun? No, pull me. For sure. I like that better anyways I do with too. the fibers. Yep, I do too. Yep. Just have really nice fibrous like for jerky too, like mm-hmm. fiber meat. Yep. Fibers in their meat. On the along the grain or with the bias Definitely. as it would be called. Yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. So I'm just gonna once it's all done, then we'll do another podcast. Uh <laughs> I'll bring some. Um I'm gonna zip or not zip lock, but um vacuum seal, little five pound or a one pound baggies of them and just Measure them out and then stack them nice and flat in the freezer, and I'll have goose jerky for days. Nice. You ever oversalted them? That's a damn shame. Yeah, but I think these ones are going to turn out good because I bought a. I like High Mountain seasoning and cure. Okay. The OG, the original. So mm-hmm. I just got that, and it, right on the front of the box, you know, it breaks it down. It's got the little recipe thing, you know, for one pound, it's a teaspoon of this and a teaspoon of that, you know, the cure plus the seasoning. Well, the whole box is made for 15 pounds. So I measured out, after I trimmed and cut everything up, I weighed everything out. Uh, so it's exactly 15 pounds. So then I didn't have to use the tablespoons and none of that. I just mixed both bags together really well. I add a little more cayenne because I like to have a little heat to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they give you that little shaker thing in the box. So I just kept filling that. and I, I did a pretty good job of portioning it out, portioning it out. Um, I had just a, like maybe a quarter shaker left. So then as I put it in this giant bowl, I just would throw a clump in there, sprinkle a little some, throw a clump, sprinkle a little more, and then mixed everything up by hand. So it should be pretty well seasoned per direction. So if it doesn't turn out, it's their fault. Not mine. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. But hey. I've, I've used it. I've, I've, I like to use High Mountain, and I've never had a bad batch yet, so... If we get some birds to come in and uh, like I'm calling at them and then we shoot, we can totally replace that intro of your of the podcast, right? <laughs> we can, we can. <laughs> please been, God, I've been, been waiting please for that. God, let us get a goose. <laughs> <laughs> let's just sh- let's just do it anyways. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Let's just act it out. Let's just pretend. Call, call the shot, shoot. And there we go. Then we can yell, it's Bannon, it's Bannon. Oh, man, I haven't seen a goose yet. That's well, I'm, not I told terribly you I was, surprising. I was worried because the geese I saw yesterday fishing did not leave till after the sun went down, and it was warm and sunny just like this. Yeah, and the one, yeah, I was here like five minutes before the end of legal and saw the birds in the fields. So so they they flew earlier yesterday. For we still got about reason. a half hour too. Yeah, not quite, but we got about forty-five minutes. You know what I'm saying? We can get bombed in by some ducks. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Maybe. I huh. was thinking about the shadows. Like that sun's gonna go behind that dip of trees right there. Yep. You know what I like when people call trees the bush? The bush. Yeah, I'm like. Well, over there, beyond the bush there. Like, yeah, that's the way we should all say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're Australian. Kind of. Yeah, I just walked through the bush. Yep. I love hearing everybody's regional weird accents by traveling. Like, people say weird shit, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, people in Canada with the A stuff, that's kind of just north of us, like okay. Manitoba. And like, their vowels. Yep. Oat. Yep, yep, yep. And like uh, Saskatchewan, it's a yup, a yup, a yup, a yup, a yup, a yup. People make fun of us Minnesotans too, so. Well, we say cool shit. <laughs> like, boat. And oh, yeah. Not too many people. Some people say you betcha, but not that. You know what we do say a lot, though, is ope. And absolutely. Have you caught yourself saying ope? Like when, when you, like, ope. Almost run into somebody at the oop, grocery store. Oop, like, oh, oop, sorry. Oop, oop. Oh, I'll just squeeze right past you. I think all <laughs> white people just say sorry constantly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's a for sure. But I, um, being with Raquel, she, like, she's always asking me like intriguing questions about the English language. That makes me think about it and be like, why the fuck do we say that? <laughs> she's like, what does this mean? Like, uh, I guess I don't know what catch you later means. Like, I'm. Not going to be... I'm not going to catch you now, but I will catch you later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Something. <laughs> and she goes, boy, you say absolutely a lot. And then I noticed everybody does, and especially me. The podcast, too. You'll notice all the annoying things you say. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's that's a good one to highlight. And that sort um, of thing. I was doing, uh, when I first started the podcast, more so because I listened to a lot of Rogan and he was doing it. Um, well, actually, a lot of people do this. This actually has become, like, just an American culture thing. But when you get done making a statement, you end with, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like a valley girl. Everything right? ends with a right? question mark. Right. So, like, if you're hunting a cornfield, right, and then you want to set out 15 decoys, right? It's like everything. It's like, why do we do that? It's so stupid. Yeah, see those birds flying right treetop level there? I do. Oh, they just went down. Nope, they're circling. See them? No. Right by the radio tower, right? Meow. Radio tower. Those look like ducks. Oh, man, they're going down over there those look like wood ducks, dude. Pond or something down there. I bet they were wood ducks. Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, so I caught myself, once I started listening back to the podcast, I was like, oh, I could just hear it. And I was like, that is so irritating. Then I caught myself saying, you know, a lot. Then that had to go away. And I still catch myself with ums. That's, but. Did you buy base what maps? Are you gonna do? I have not bought base maps yet. No. I, I probably will, though. Dude, they, they made some really seriously good improvements on Onyx, though, too. I can't even find my apps right now because I got did the newest uh, Apple update, and they added a program, an app. It's like a translator, which is kind of cool. That but is kind of cool. It, because they added a stock app, <laughs> it reshuffled all your apps, so they're not what? where you usually find them. It didn't, like, totally reshuffle them. It just, like... 
because I added one to this page, everything had to be adjusted by one. Really? So I had a couple that were like down in the on the bottom row that became the top row on whatever given page. I was like, oh, you sons of bitches. I like how you can put the videos in picture-in-picture mode now, though. That's sweet. Do what? What? Any video you're watching on your yeah. phone, like it, on, you can just put it down in the corner and just oh, really? keep going about your business. Oh, I think I have seen that. What I did notice today is I was on Facebook, and I got a phone call, and it didn't take over the screen. It's just yes. a bar at the top yep. says who's calling. You can answer it, and your program you're running is still open. Yes. That I do like. Yeah, instead of waiting 30 seconds to, to try to pretend you're not being an asshole. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You can swipe up and go back to not paying attention. Exactly. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I was just about, I can't talk to you right now, I was just about to change this person's mind on who to vote for. Was this close? Yeah, I was about to call on that private land, too, over there, and I was going to be like, sir, sir, I'm, hi, my name's Nicholas Johnson, I'm uh, just calling for the reason, I'm not calling about politics, you know, <laughs> election, election was yesterday. But Dude, man, I've been getting text poll. messages like crazy. Oh, yeah. I reply stopped every single one of them, too. I don't reply to... One time I replied to this one girl. Um, I said, do you actually re- read these messages, number one? And number two, do you have any hope for humanity? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yes, and sometimes. And when, then what are you wearing? You got to go with that cheesy line. I should have. You know how, like, um, <laughs> uh, like robo, not robocallers, <laughs> but scammers will... St- call you from a phone number that's like one digit off. Yes, something that you would recognize. Yeah, so yep. one time I was sitting there, um, I think I was pooping, and I was just on my phone, and <laughs> it rings. It's like almost my phone number. It's like one digit off. I'm like, here, here we go. I got some time. Fuck the fuck with this scammer. And I answer it, and this girl goes like, hi, I just got a call from this number. I was like, uh, oh, no, no. It's a scammer. Used my number to call you because we have similar numbers. And I always regretted not asking her out on a date. She sounded oh, hot as shit. She could have been dog ugly. Been, you don't know. How fucking cool of a meeting story would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> Just tell all her family, well, I was pooping. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you guys meet? <laughs> uh, well, I was pooping. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not when people normally meet. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah, I had to go right now. Like, it wasn't a choice. Uh, that's pretty funny. Well, we've rambled on for 40 minutes, and, uh... Well, no, we gotta do something about your goddamn intro. <laughs> every time I hunt with you, we don't shoot any birds, at least this year. Dude, every time I hunt with me, I don't shoot any birds either. <laughs> I'm not into the whole shooting birds thing anymore. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's so 20... That's so 2019. Yep. 20... 2007, man. You didn't get your fill in by then. <laughs> no, um... I'm into setting up decoys for no reason. I do like to just run traffic and these days I feel like, I don't know, man. It's just like, hey, you want to go hunt on my X field or do I want to go look for an X field? Like, I've kind of seen that movie. <laughs> I've seen that one play. I, I, it's a fun movie. It's a great movie. But I've seen it. Well, it's like you were uh, on the way out here. You're like, am I weird that I, that I want to set up in one of these, like, less known public lands, you know, public on private land kind of things when yeah. I could get permission for the X. I'm like, no, not at all. Because I'm, I drew the analogy. It's like people that like the deer hunt on public land. You know, these, these bow hunters, they pack way in, they do a bunch of 
e-scouting like you do satellite image scouting they find these likely yeah. beds they go in off season and they scout them yep there's deer sign here they'll even hang trail cameras in the off season and then <coughs> check them a year later and pattern these bucks and they go and yeah and so you can go into a heavily pressured public area shoot a trophy buck you have bragging rights like that is something that's pretty cool so for your thing you find this public land that most people wouldn't know it's public because they they didn't know about the state programs that you know about or how to find them and i mean you did your homework and so you come out here and do it and so yeah if you come out here and you have a banger hunt like that's something to be i mean there's bragging rights there i feel like yeah i'm just kind of it's pretty cool i'm just obsessed with like hasn't happened yet but you know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh i've had some public land bangers this year dude like um <laughs> that makes me like you know I'm a, i've always kind of thought people who kept shit tight-lipped about public spots and that sort of thing or next year that sort of thing again damn it oh, um absolutely absolutely <laughs> um are just kind of weird like come on man get over it. i mean your public land is good on the days it's good but now i'm finding public land stuff where i'm like we can't talk about that trip dale <laughs> and nobody will ever know about that trip um like in oregon that was california by the way oh or was it nebraska oh it was nebraska it was yeah it was totally nebraska but there, there's shit out there. Like, the time I have researching into this now is is just like mind-boggling, astronomical, and like to the point where I feel like you're lazy if you go out and scout and knock on doors. Like, that's the laziest thing I've ever <laughs> fucking heard of in my life. The amount of hours I have just sucked into like going, okay, I can gain access this way. And I'm studying the images, and I wonder what's there. Like, what isn't? What's? What am I actually looking at here? I'm gonna have to go find out. I'm gonna have to go drive out there and look at it. I will say for the online crybabies that bitch about all the, the uh, outfitters have all the land leased up or somebody already got permission for everything. It's too hard to find field. Oh. Blah 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 blah. You've kind of taken that argument away from. There them. is. I will slap somebody if they <laughs> if they tell me there there ain't nowhere to hunt. Like uh, are you, what? Oh my god. There's entire fucking states that are like you can hunt 80 percent of them. No, that's cool. public land. Like right. even like where my cabin is, you go like another 30, 40 miles north. It is public land until you hit the fucking Great Lakes. It's wild. Well, that's pretty wild. I don't know, but also Minnesotans too in general just are ignorant to looking for it because we really are lagging behind in that access stuff, man. Uh, really far i think uh, just neighboring states our flyway just the country in general i'd like to know like how poor our access truly is even though we have 1500 wmas of grass i'm listening for geese i don't hear any nope me neither man me neither we got 14 minutes you know what is nice about today though um we might not shoot any geese but we're not gonna shiver you're not freezing Oh, I love this. We're man. not wet. What a nice day it is. Fields dry. I didn't even put rubber boots on. I just wore my regular shoes on here. Yeah. I'm wearing yeah. a black and white plaid shirt. You know what? That black and white plaid shirt, though, when I parked the old rickshaw there. Yeah. Uh, it actually didn't stick out. What? It oddly, it oddly blended in. That's really weird. Yeah. I wonder why that That's would be. It kills your outline. Huh. That's interesting. But if you look at the end of this field where that. Where that Beanfield starts. That's mm-hmm. kind of a gray. Kind of is. You know, I mean, maybe just like the checker pattern is almost like a military thingy. Could be. Or the plaid. I yeah, don't know. At a distance, the it's digitized. Kind of. Yeah, blends in. Um. But, but I. 
don't know. These geese are uh, a lot of times when geese when it warms up like this, they'll start doing that two feeding pattern thing every day. But they'll go to two different spots: one for grass, one for corn. And I was just sure. chatting with a dude from North Dakota, and he said they've been going to corn out here. I was like, "Tell me what they do tomorrow." Yeah. And they were in grass today. So huh. It's warm out. Um, but he said they went to grass or uh, grain two mornings in a row. I've seen that. I've had it happen where we were like, "Okay, let's hunt." They went to corn the first warm morning, but by the second warm morning, it was grass then corn, grass then corn, grass and corn for afternoon. Interesting. We had this one hunt, me and my bro. We set up on a on a grain field, and every flock flew right over us and just gave us the finger, like "fuck off." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is humiliating. This sucks." Then they all went back to the um to the roost, flew right back over us again, all sauce, and then. There's a lot of birds, so we only waited about maybe another half hour, hour, and the first flock came off the um, roost for the afternoon feed and just <laughs> right in. And then the next hmm. flock did it, the next flock did it, and we had our limit. We are grabbing the truck. Sweet. There's geese, like, landing all over the truck. This is the <laughs> same birds that just seen yeah. us. They saw us twice on their way in and on their way out. All of them just looked at us like, hmm. That hunt that uh, I was telling you about where... I think we may have set too many decoys out. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know. It's like we were talking on an earlier episodes. Like it's really hard to test these theories because you can't go, okay, birds, places, everybody reset. We're going to try this decoy spread and this hide. You fly out to feed like you haven't flown out to feed. Like you can't test like what like works. Like a groundhog so, day. Yeah, it's, you just can't do it. But anyways, we were getting um, the same birds looking at us over and over again. I know this because I recognized – one of the birds that we had like the quill you know i shot a quill uh-huh. but there was also one that was like all white belly like you know his whole belly was white oh, that's cool and we all saw him and then i don't know probably half hour 45 minutes go by and i'm out picking up a bird that dropped away you know heart lung shot one one that died way out there whatever i went and got that and as i was coming back birds are working so i didn't you know i stopped where i was at and i was looking and they went right over top of me i was like right in the farm built between the buildings actually they're i could have blasted them i'm like ah, i'm too close to buildings but then there's that white belly uh hawker again i was like oh that for sure is the same bird that we just saw a half hour ago so that's kind of cool yeah it's interesting when you can get markers on them and like i was just reading a neck collar study and um they put uh 200 neck collars on the flock of resident geese <laughs> guess how many of those were recited one year later. None? 25%. Wow. That's 25%. And um, they, they put them into all these really interesting uh, migration categories, like resident birds, like the ones that just moved like 30, 40 miles. Like, then they had molt migrants and ones that were really kicking around. And it's just interesting, the mix of birds you have at any given place at any given time. Just because there's 200-ish birds in your area for most of the year, they could be cycling in and out. Yeah. Like, Right. You have no idea. It really makes me curious to research more about the flocks of um, large Canada geese they have in, like, the deep south, like southern Texas and yeah. Louisiana and Florida. They got big geese down there, that golf course birds, and the, those probably are closer to residents. Yeah. They're, they're still not. I was just talking to somebody about that, and they're like, yeah, we get, there's so many geese down here. I was like, right now? Because it was like three weeks ago, and they're like, yeah, they're here all the time. I was like, really? I bet not. Probably not, because they're not hunters that were saying it. But if they're like, no, they were just around yesterday or whatever. I mean, if they're seeing them, then, I mean, they're seeing them. But 
kind of weird. I didn't. I was like, this seems really early because they were down in like southern Texas. I was like, what? Wow, yeah, they'd be geese down there right now. And also, you know how like all of our molts will go to Canada. There's really no such thing as a resident goose because there is no one and two year old Canada geese in the Minnesota in the summer. So right. all the ones that are born here are not here though 12, 12 months later. Right. So what are they doing down like the ones that are born in South Texas and the ones that are born in Florida and Georgia and Alabama? Like where are they going? Do what are they, they doing? come up north? Yeah, right. And their parents are just you know like I wonder. Huh. I wonder. Did you just hear a goose? Uh uh-uh. uh. Me neither. <laughs> there was like what. 300 geese within one mile of this field yesterday, so I imagine we'll see some as we're picking up the decoys. Oh, for sure. Faux show. Faux show. Won't take long to pick up the decoys, so I might have to pick them up slow if we want to see a goose. I know, right? We'll be out of here like five minutes later. Right. <laughs> Should we end this podcast, sir? I don't know. Well, might as well ride it out now. We got like eight minutes of legal. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, eight minutes. Sunset. Oops, seven. Just clicked to we seven. We have not seen any more ducks. That's also a true statement. Well, tomorrow, I think I'll bring four goose decoys <laughs> and uh, four spinners. There you go. And a bucket to What's sit the, on. Is it supposed to be sunny again tomorrow? Yes. I think all week. Let's take God. a peek. The big weather change is Monday. I know. Is it supposed to be a snowstorm across the whole state? Uh, that I didn't see. I just know it's going to be a lot cooler. Windy all weekend, but windy and warm. And then Monday it gets cold. Say, so, yes, 70 today, 62 tomorrow, 70 Friday. There all might sun. be cloud. Oh, really? All okay. sun. I thought maybe there was a, there was a, a front that was hanging out in... Uh, I think uh, northern North Dakota, Canada, southern Canada, that was that's what was going to keep us a little bit cooler tomorrow, so I thought maybe it would be filtering the sun. It does say clear at 6 a.m. and mostly cloudy at 2 a.m., so we might have a little uh, overnight cloudage. Man, but like uh, at night, man, it's been feeling like great migration weather. In uh, Michigan, we hunted this field, and um, we scouted this lease that we uh, had access to through a buddy of this one guy's. And it turned out he had coronavirus, so we couldn't go hunt it with him. And he's like, well, I ain't got really shit, man. We could go hunt that field that these other guys hunted tonight. And, like, I hunted it two nights ago, and another group was out there. You know, like, just the public field, basically, of the area. Right. And it was just a nice, clear night that night. And I was like, yeah, let's go do that, dude. Let's for sure go do that. He's like, I don't know. You think we'll get anything? I was like, I think we'll limit out. Yeah. So, like, the morning was clear and cold and... We went and made pancakes and rode it out in the in the shelter. And we went back out there, and there was definitely birds you could tell were fresh. Like, they were just responsive to the calls. Like, um, there's a little bit of a lunch line effect going on, but still, like, birds going, oh, what's over here? Oh, yeah. look at that. And a couple break down and make mistakes. And um, They definitely got – I mean, when, you never know what's going to happen on a day-to-day basis. Like, just because your field got hunted the day before, like – I was like, I'm pretty sure you'll get some freshies. We'll have something to play with. Then it was going to be all rainy and windy the next morning. We left the spread and two blinds out there. I'm like, we could do it again tomorrow. It'll be all cloudy and stuff. Oh, They'll no. be moving. So we woke up. It was all <laughs> rainy and windy. And I was like, we did not go hunting. We made more pancakes. <laughs> we made more pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's perfect. Oh, stupid plane. Yeah. Come on. Just give us a little little. I'm eight, a little surprised. A little eight rack or, or a do- baker's dozy just <sighs> come rolling in. 
Um, it's, I did go look at that field the birds were sitting in yesterday, and it was getting plowed when I showed up here today. Mm. So, I mean, it would have been pretty worthless to ask on it anyways. Right. I say we just hunt, you know, a while after legal. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, people do it all the Four time. Four minutes. I mean, I'm maybe just stop announcing how much time's left. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give us a goo. There's got to be some early hungry ones. There's got to be some fat ones in the in the flock that are like, I'm hungry, guys. Let's it is kind of weird that you can shoot like a half hour before sunrise. But only till sunset, because like on a clear day like today, I mean, you can for sure. Oh, yeah. And then when you start getting later in the season, so the sun starts going into the horizon. There, line of geese right there. Oh, fuck yeah. The sun starts going into the horizon at a much steeper angle, and it stays lighter longer. flag yeah <laughs> <laughs> good echo off those trees Dude, i need a little phone offhand action there you go guys. get it Time there's like a two pack, hey. this comes right over behind you, and they're locked up. And, and you're screaming, screaming at, them. <laughs> at the far distant flock. Hey, we saw birds. I don't think those are those aren't going to any fields. I seen birds in yesterday, though. Oh, they're definitely not on a path to here. No, and I didn't know where the hell the birds came from last night. I just seen them there. Like, I'd never scouted this area. I haven't scouted this area in 10 years. What made you come down here? Oh, this field, I suppose? Basically, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like one off, the one thing in this area that, I mean, you could hunt it. I'm like, well, I'll just go I don't know, take a look. And I was hanging out with the old lady, and um, I was like, you want to oh, take, take a nature drive? She's like, yeah. I, mean, I got an idea. And here we are. That's that out-of-tune call. <laughs> That'll never work. Can I turn at us? It's hard to say. I know without binoculars. <laughs> Well, the sound's bouncing off those trees over there, so... It's got to be at least most of the way to them. Yep. <laughs> that echo's pretty cool. It is kind of cool, yeah. It's a nice, just beautiful, clear night, echoey. I don't know. You notice sometimes, like, the sound cuts through the air, like... I don't know if it's moisture content or something, but probably it cuts through the air like harder or better in some 
conditions. Hey. Well, anytime you get the molecule, sound is vibration. And it, it travels slowly through the air and quickly through solids because the molecules are tighter together. So when the mo molecules can like... Zzz, I was just like reading about that or something, some science magazine about like they're trying to figure out what like what the speed of sound really is, like how fast it oh, can actually sure. go. So I think nitrogen or something is the tightest molecules huh. in the world, and then you got or in the universe, and then you have to make it a solid and then test it to see how fast sound will go through it. And uh, they can't. They don't. <laughs> it's, it's all. <laughs> and they can't. It's just a theory. <laughs> Those birds are not coming here. No, they're not. They're going to be in Minnesota pretty soon. Or, I mean, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait, we're in Nebraska. Well, we saw geese. We did. We saw um, a lot more geese than the last time we attempted something like this. We saw a goose that time. We saw time. one. Yeah, we saw one that day. So. Now, those are going straight away from us or straight at us now. And I'm going to assume it's... Straight, straight away. away. <laughs> they broke up. I mean, they there's did, a, yeah. uh, one group that's actually kind of going a little south now. And you know what? With how They might come back around here. They might. Because maybe they're going to that X field, and if it's all, look at them. They're really, they're going it's down with a purpose. It's been very, very, very nice nights for migration the last couple nights, and too. Like That other flock, I don't, they're going north, yeah. west. <laughs> um, Weird. So, it's, uh... It's. It wouldn't be surprising to me if these birds just booted out last night, and you'd never see a trace of them today. Yeah, you know? that's true too. And these ones look like they're not even from here. They're just flying around like these ones went north, them ones broke off, went west. They don't know where the fuck oh, they're awesome. going. I think they went. They down. probably just went into some uh, reservoir. Random, city. yeah. They or the city. They ended up in the city overnight. Yeah, who knows? Do geese well, migrate? Large Canada is now. I'm talking. Do they migrate all night? Because they. It usually starts like a half hour after sunset. Do they? I think it normally ends by like one or two a.m. Generally, unless it's like an event, they have to move a long way. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I think they just fuck around at night, and just migrate around. Can't say for sure about honkers because I'm usually not up in the middle of the night listening. But I know a few times going out west on a snow goose hunt in the spring. You know, you leave super early, try to get there whenever you can. It'd be like two thirty in the morning. Get out in the middle of nowhere just to take a piss and it's you can just hear them non-stop they're just moving like crazy you're like wow okay i just googled it everywhere i just googled it we got 20 minutes left dale perfect <laughs> <laughs> well let's wrap this one up and then uh hopefully we can snag something here no it is time time it is time all right fine we gotta get the fuck out of here all right let's pack up all right this has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfall, pursue it full scale.